Welcome to this edition of our daily devotions, coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're glad that you took the time to join us today. My name is Melvin Christian. I'm one of the visitation pastors here at the church. Let us pray. Eternal God, thank you for the opportunity to present your word today. I pray that everything I say will be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 16 through 26. It reads as follows. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said to him. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks as is these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. By the time of Jesus, Samaritans and Jews had been enemies for centuries. But the most intense rivalry began around 200 B.C. The source of the conflict was a dispute over the correct location for the center of worship. The Samaritans had built a shrine on Mount Gerizim and claimed that this was the proper place of worship. The Jews claimed that the Jerusalem temple was the center of worship. To Jews, Samaritans were outcasts ritually unclean and bitter enemies. They were heretics. Samaritans avoided Jews and Jews avoided Samaritans. In our scripture, Jesus and his disciples are headed from Judea to Galilee. The route through Samaria was the most efficient one. Even so, while Samaria stood between Judea 
and Galilee, and going that way was the most efficient way, many Jews steered clear of Samaria, even if it meant taking longer to get from one place to the next. One commentator puts it this way, saying that Jesus' itinerary may have been governed by geographical expediency, but his stay in Samaria was governed by the theological necessity of offering himself to those whom social convention deemed unacceptable. In other words, Jesus knew that there was a needed soul in Samaria that he could help. When Jesus and his disciples arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar, Jesus, tired from the journey, decided to rest by a well while the disciples went to get some food. And as he waits for his disciples, a woman comes to draw water from the well. And when he sees her, Jesus does the unthinkable. First of all, he talked with a woman not related to him in public. This was against social convention. Secondly, he talked to a Samaritan. To put it simply, here we see Jesus talking to not only a woman, but a woman of an enemy people. Jesus risked his reputation by being seen with a Samaritan woman. Let me ask you this. Have you ever known someone who was off limits? A group of people, perhaps, that no one else would socialize with? I know that sometimes when you're a kid, you know that your friends will make fun of you if you play with a certain kid. No one plays with him. Maybe that other kid is poor, socially awkward, of another race, or religion. Or maybe he or she has special needs. As human beings, we are much more capable of erecting walls and barriers than we are at breaking them down. We draw lines in the sand. We separate. We divide. We do so on the basis of economic status, social status, race, religion, geography, church denomination, and theology. It happens in and outside the church. And once these barriers are built, we reinforce them with time and stubbornness. Jesus will have none of this. He enters intimate territory and starts talking to a woman in need. He wants us to also reach out to people. These walls hold us inside ourselves. We are held by fear, prejudice, hatred, bitterness, self-superiority, pride, and pretension. These walls prevent us from treating people like people. Like Jesus, we should have none of this. As one scholar comments, 
Jesus summons us to stop shaping our lives according to societal definitions of who is acceptable and to show the same openness to those who are different that Jesus did when he traveled in Samaria. We are asked to remove barriers as Jesus does instead of constructing them. We have to ask ourselves again and again, who are the Samaritans in our life? Who are the ones that we deem unacceptable? Who are we leaving out without giving them a chance? Several years ago, Reader's Digest published an article entitled, What Good is a Tree? The article explained that when the roots of trees touch, there is an unknown fungus that helps link roots of different trees, even of dissimilar species. A whole forest may be linked together. If one tree has access to water, another to nutrients, and a third to sunlight, the trees have the means to share with one another. Like trees, we all need one another. Knock down the barriers that separate you from making contact with others who may be different from you. Get to know them. You may be able to help them as Jesus helped a woman at the well. Or they may be able to help you. Keep that in mind. They may be able to help you. Let us pray. Eternal God, thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Give us the wisdom to knock down barriers and meet people we don't normally associate with and treat them as people. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.